So um, today we're on podcast 25 of Hoarding Stuff or Hoarding Stuff, um, depending on how you think about it. And we're really excited today because we're talking to Linda Fay from LifePod in Edinburgh in Scotland, who I've known for many years. And, um, and we have very similar paths, but very different paths. And she's going to talk to us about how she started. So hi, Linda. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. So how did it all happen? Oh, gosh. So, um, yeah, it is a long time ago now, isn't it? Um, in 2013, I decided at the time I was working for a bank and um, just really decided that I, I wanted a career change. And um, I did an exercise looking at my skills, you know, kind of transferable skills, what I, the bits of my job that I enjoyed, the bit that I didn't enjoy and what I wanted to do, what I didn't want to do and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it always came back to coaching, planning, organising um, and always people centred. So um, I, I now when I, I think back, I launched myself rather naively into this world of professional organising and decluttering, um, which is the pod in the life pod, because um, the life was for life coaching and the pod, the POD planning, organising and decluttering. Um, but now I realise that I was extremely lucky because um, once I started marketing the business, I got some people that contacted me who, when I started to work with them, I thought, hmm, not quite as easy as I thought. And I think they're quite distressed and anxious. So what the hell's going on here? And so I... Um, went online, started to do some research, and I discovered the Institute in America and also APDO, um, the Association Professional Declutters and Organisers in the UK. And so I joined both of those organisations and, um, and it's through, through my kind of research and, you know, started my studies when I joined the Institute. So they had an education programme and um, I joined that, did my studies. And mm -hmm. then, um, so you have to go down specific route. You have to become a chronic disorganisation specialist before you become um, a hoarding specialist. And I did that in the UK, in the States, because there wasn't an equivalent in, in, in the UK. Um, and, and it was really through that when I was working with clients that I, you know, things really started to fall into place. And I was thinking about, um, for example, one woman I was working with who later then went on to receive a diagnosis of ADHD. Mm. Um, when I was working with her, it was really quite challenging. But um, for her at the time, and it's amazing when I look back now and I still keep in touch with her, but um, it, it kind of transpired that she had both what they call chronic disorganisation and situational disorganisation. Oh, wow. Be okay. Because um, the chronic disorganisation came from her being an adult woman with, with ADHD and the situational was because both her and her husband, there's, there's four of them in the house, two young children and her and her husband and 
both of them had uh, lost a parent within a 12-month period. And um, so they'd inherited basically two quite large family homes worth of mm. stuff into their home. And one of the deaths was particularly traumatic because um, it was uh, it was in South Africa and the legal process was taking forever. And so they were so concerned with that that they um, didn't really have time to think about the stuff. Um, and their own home just became unlivable. Um, mm. They couldn't, you know, there wasn't space for them to, to sit around the table and, you know, eat with the children or... Um, constantly moving stuff around, rooms that were inaccessible and all of that. So, but that was very specifically related to, to the bereavement. So once I started working with them and we we got some stuff organised, then that, that was a lot better. Um, but it was one day, and just because I knew the woman quite well by this time, I'd been working with her for a few months, and it was, you know, just some stuff that was really... Um, kind of registering with me that I'd learned as part of my studies and I said to her I downloaded this this questionnaire it's getting you know one of these self-test if you have um, ADHD or something like that so mm -hmm. printed off and I said to her go and do me a favor and fill in this form just as I was dropping her off getting out of the car and she just looked at me and she took it and um, anyway she called me a couple of hours later and she said I have to be honest, when you gave me that, I really wanted to punch your lights out. <laughs> <laughs> um, she said, but I, I read it and I did it and I am sitting here in tears in mm. the middle of the floor because this is me. And I suddenly realise why I struggle with all these it, things. It, it and, explains a lot, doesn't it? When mm. when you've, you've got that in mind, you, you potentially before that, you just think you're mad. I guess some people yeah. will, yeah. but there, there are reasons for it. There are Absolutely. reasons for your behavior that um, are just there as part of you. Yeah. I, I, I find it quite fascinating because you, you touched on doing study and you, you've done quite a bit, haven't you, really? You've, um, you've... I have. Um, and I, I think that's because I, I feel really passionately about the fact that this is people's lives that we're dealing with and um you know it's it's mental health physical health and you're in their home you're in their space it's quite intrusive and um you know it can be quite intimate and people are sharing their life story with you and you have to be able to to know how to deal with that properly in a way that is not going to be harmful or dismissive or disrespectful, mm. whatever. Um, and I, I think, you know, there isn't any other profession where you would allow people uh, of this nature, where you would allow people to go into people's homes, vulnerable people's homes often, that um, when you don't have the, the knowledge and experience to, because to I've, so. I've, I've worked with Linda um, and, and if anybody asks me, I will, I will deny that I've said this. Oh, it's recorded. But uh, she is definitely somebody who is very suited to the job. She's got a great deal of compassion. 
a great deal of empathy. And I think that it was the best times when we were working with yourself. Uh, but you've kind of you've kind of established yourself in a different position now, haven't you? Really, you, you're not really as practically involved as you were before. How do you feel about that? Um, I still I still do client work. Um, I just don't do as much of it mm. um, because you know I've got a team of twelve people that I have to. To manage as well and you know they're employed by lifepod um so my a big part of my role now is in training and mentoring them yeah. to make sure that i guess that they're keeping that essence of lifepod and um heather you'll you'll get this you know when it's your own your own kind of baby, your own organization, and, and it's it's built on your credibility and your professionalism. And it's a real risk then when you start to involve other people. Um, and I I do spend quite a lot of time um, training the people in the team and making sure that um, it's the right kind of person, which mm. is hard because you can't really advertise for the type of person that we need in this role because it's a lot, for me personally, I think it's, yes, you've got to have a certain amount of knowledge and experience, but if you've got the right attitudes to learn mm -hmm. and if you are respectful and, you know, you genuinely like working with people and completely non-judgmental then they're, they're they're all the traits and characteristics that i think you absolutely need I, to have. i think there's there's a there's a touch more to it than that because some of the people you'll be working with and i speak from personal experience of being not the easiest person in the world to work with um some people are going to be um for want of a better word difficult you know that they're, they're, they're their, their behaviour may be quite challenging. Certainly my behaviour has been quite challenging, I'm sure, in the past. Um, you challenge yourself, David, don't you? Uh, yeah, most of the time, <laughs> even when I'm not even doing anything. But it, it, it's fascinating the kind of person that, that you would then need in place. And I think people that have had a lot of experience, strangely enough, of, of potentially mental health issues themselves, are, are really quite good at that. Would you agree with that? Um, yes, I think so. Um, because certainly, if I think back over, you know, the last 10 years, and I think there's a couple of people, we, we don't have a high turnover of, of staff in the team, but um, we have had two people um, over the years who've worked with us and then left. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think, interestingly, David, I hadn't really thought about it, but neither of them had any experience, personal experience no. of mental health, um, mental ill health. So I think it was, they found it quite difficult to understand, mm. you know, to put themselves in, in, in clients' shoes mm. and, and really truly know um, how that feels and, and what the struggles and the challenges are. So Helen was asking how, how I met you, and 
Um, it's strange because there's this parallel story here. We had um, a thing turn up, which was, um, it's called bear cat. And it's a combination of a bear and a cat. And apparently it's an angel bear, right? That um, we hadn't bought. Nobody bought it into the house and it just appeared. So I think of you as being like the decluttering version of bear cat, really. <laughs> you don't look the same because you're not as woolly, right? But um, I think it was through um, Jane, one of Jane's support workers. Mm -hmm. um, that there was a connection made there. Um, that she'd seen some of your literature, and then, and then you appeared. From, <laughs> uh, and I, I think we've been really fortunate. Here we go, mother. <laughs> yes, I think we've been really fortunate because it, it's just one, you know, to to have that. The chances of that happening are quite slim. I would have thought, you know, to be in Edinburgh when somebody's starting a business that yeah. deals with the issues that you. Well, I certainly didn't really think about them before, you know. Yeah. And it was only through that support worker going, "Oh, uh, that, that's not quite, that's not quite right, that is it?" You know. Mm -hmm. um, I think I had because it was kind of early on um, in in, in LifePod that I had been um, engaging with lots of you know the traditional support agencies just to try and. And raise awareness mm. of um, hoarding and chronic disorganisation just to to help them and spread the word really. So that was very fortuitous that um, yeah that then one of them came to work with Jane. No, I've never asked Heather how she started after 20, 25 podcasts, and I'm not after. How did you start, Heather? <laughs> I started very similar to Linda. I started. Um, I did, a, I did a life audit and I was working in outplacement, which is when you get dropped into a big factory and that when they've made the whole factory redundant. Um, and then they sort of, they always do it at Christmas, which is nice. Mm. And that, but then they say, don't worry, because we're going to help you over the next year to find a job. And so I was interviewing people and working in the sort of admin bit and and so I was saying to people, well, you've got plenty of time, you know, this is an opportunity, you know, it's horrible, but you've got time and us to help you to think about things that you might not have thought about otherwise. And so I, I said, look at what articles you read, look at what excites you a bit mm. and, and don't qualify it. Don't go, yeah, but I'm really interested in brain surgery. It's like, great, put it in a folder. And then we'll review it all and you'll finally find a line through the middle. And that's exactly what you did, wasn't it, Linda? You looked yeah. at all that, you know, you did quizzes, you did. Yeah. And I, then I thought, right, I need to do this myself. Yeah. So I kept coming up with the same thing as you and houses as well and homes. Mm -hmm. And first of all, I thought, estate agency? No, no. But I did go and work with a friend who was an estate agent. And that definitely wasn't the path I wanted to follow. And then I saw the word declutterer, which I'd never seen before. Mm -hmm. I, I, I hadn't seen professional organiser. I just saw the word declutterer. And so I looked that up and then I, like you, I found um, APTO, the association. And at that time it was really small. And so I just like went through every single website of every single person that was on APTO. And everyone was uh, a sole trader apart from one lady that had, two consultants and she was down in the south and I'm in the midlands 
And so I just rang her up one day. No, I emailed her, that's it, and she rang me. And I just said, I'm really interested in this, but how do I get involved? And is there any training? I hadn't gone as far as America. I did find out about America, but I wasn't as brave as Linda. And, um, and basically she said, well, you can come and work for me and have anybody north of Watford. So, that, and that's how it started. So I just went and worked alongside her when she worked in London. Mm-hmm. And that was my training. Yeah. And, but then I did some, you know, private clients and that was nice and I enjoyed it. But then a charity contacted us and the charity said, we've got this lady um, who's had her children removed and she's had two forced clearances. She's in council property and we want to keep the family together. Can you help? And that's like, mm. oh, <laughs> that mm. was a bit different. But I, I knew it was like, and I said, oh, I don't know. But I really want to try. I, I'm not sure, but I really want to try because they said, and I don't know whether I can help, but I want to try. And then they said, great, how long is it going to take? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know. And then I'm amazing. Not being helpful here. But, so but that, said, is still, that is still the first question we, that we exactly, get asked. Exactly, how long is it going to take? You know, it's like, how well, quickly can you clear yeah. it out? How long has it taken here, Linda? Um, how, how long have you known? Because it is slow burn, isn't it? Slow burn. It's got to be slow burn. It's got to be slow burn. Well, it needs yeah. to be. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think any of us disagree with that. Sorry, Heather, I interrupted. You were... No, no, that's fine. So that was it then. And so they went away and found some funding. This was Mm -hmm. about 2005, I think. And then I started working with this lady and I just... But in between time, I read a sent off for the books from America by Mm -hmm. Randy Frost who mm-hmm. then came to Linda's conference. So for mm-hmm. me, that conference is, that's why it's so, was just so massively important to mm-hmm. me because it was like coming home. I know that sounds like a trite I phrase. Know, oh, I know. It was yeah. like coming home. I was just listening to what inspired me and what I learned from and have used ever since as the basis for everything I do. And so um, then I got to work with this lady and I loved it. So I went back to the lady that I was subcontracted to. And I went, oh, you know, this is great. Maybe I could, you know, we could, I said, work with the local authorities. And, and she went, good luck with that, love. I have oh, no desire to do it. Honestly, that's exactly what she said. She yeah. said, I'm not interested in that at all. Mm. Well, I said, oh, well, I really, and she said, well, look, I'm not bothered. If you want to set something up of your own, feel free. And I said, all right, well, I'll carry on doing private clients with you if that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly yeah. what I did. And, and then I set yeah. up a social enterprise and it turned out to be the first one there was. Um, and, and that was how it started. But, but first I looked everywhere because I just thought, yeah. I like this work. I want to work with people yeah. doing this. And then there was no one. And it's like, yeah. wow, that is just 21st century and this is not being addressed. And so, yeah, yeah that was, that because- was how it happened. Heather, I think when I started LifePod, I think you were, that Cloud's End was the only other I was, because you came organization, to, to do it, do you remember? Yeah. The Apto Conference, just, and, and th- this also sticks in my mind. You came to the Apto Conference, the, was it the day after you lost your father? Yeah. Yeah. And you said, yeah. I just had to cut, and I'm like, oh, wow, this lady is super special. So, yeah, 
because she said I just needed I really wanted to come and talk to you yeah. so yeah yeah because and um and I think Jasmine was at that one as well wasn't she was she at that one was she not was that a different one I think that was a different one because yeah. I did when did I I did the tv 2013 and 14 so yeah. she would have yeah maybe if it was 2013 maybe uh, yeah because Maybe I, that one. Yeah. I set up LifePod in 2012, but I didn't incorporate it as a kick until 2013. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Ooh. but yes, I mean, you were, you were the only other organization that was set it was, up. And it I was thought, incredible. I just couldn't, believe, you know, when, and, but this is what you said, David, about coincidence. It wasn't coincidence. Mm. It was much well, bigger than that. I, you know, this gets yeah. a bit esoteric, but. Things have to be in place. But you start when was the conference then, Linda, in Edinburgh? What year was that? Because I can't remember. It was 2018. 2018. Yeah. Wow. And so that's then where I met you, David. Yes. You get through Linda. And Linda said, I said, oh, I really want to do some podcasts. And Linda said, Ask David, he knows how to do them. I've got no clue. I still have no clue. <laughs> I don't know. 25 what, podcasts later. Still what, what, well, what we do isn't really like a strictly what I would say is a proper like podcast because you're meant to edit it. It's and you're a meant real to, podcast. And, you, and you're meant Genuine. to be within a certain amount of time and you're meant to be a little bit scripted and you're meant to have some idea of where you're going with things, right? We always remember, know where we're going, David. Do you remember that woman? There was a woman who had a go at me about it. So I said, oh, this is what we're doing. She said, it's not very informative, is it? It's like, well, it's it's more of a conversation, really, than 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 like. But we don't pretend it is anything different. Well, Not really. No. And I think actually, I think that's quite nice because I think that sums up all of us and our approach to stuff is. Um, we're not prescriptive. We're not saying you've got to do this and that. No, works. we're just saying. No, we don't. It's a bit. We of don't have a set of rules. Yeah, no, yeah. we don't have set rules. And um, you know, we kind of we we do what we need to do at, at the time, and uh, we're flexible with it. Yeah. Well, you've got to. I'm, you have to be flexible. I'm Otherwise, you're not as flexible. Get... Not as flexible now as I used to be. I'm not. Just, <laughs> not that I was in the first place. But you said you might be doing another conference, and Linda. And not might. We definitely are. Oh, you are. Yes. Oh, um, so we so we just. Um, I've just started to have a conversation with our keynote speaker um, and we've yet to firm up a date. Um, would you like me to give you a wee exclusive here and tell you who it's going to be? Yeah, <laughs> go on then. It's not Randy O'Frost again, be, be able to guess. No, Randy's actually retired. As He's what? Oh, oh, damn Randy's it. Retired? Who have you got then? Michael Tompkins? No. Oh, Christiana. Oh, Heaven, heaven. I know, I know. Oh, she'll be amazing. This is rather rather bizarre because you make it sound like famous people. They are famous people. Christiana's massive in the world of 40. Christiana Bratiotis, her name is, and she's now a Canadian citizen. Right. She's just a lovely lady. And she's, so her sort of big area, she's a, a... Social work really is her sort of field, her background, but yeah. she developed hoarding task forces in the US and and then studied them. And so is she like the Ronaldo of decluttering? <laughs> is that 
Is that that's the only footballer I know really? But, uh, can't think of anybody else. I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know. She's um, I don't know how many goals she scored, but she's, is she is she the David well, Beckham I mean, of organising? You know, she's for me now that uh, now that Randy and, and Gail have retired. Um, well, you know, Christiana's top of the tree. She's yes, she um, is. I don't think we could get any better, quite frankly. No. So I'm absolutely delighted that she's going to come to. Um, to the UK and oh, that'll be fun. Well done, well done. And when's it going to be? Well, so we don't know yet, um, but it will definitely be either autumn next year or early spring twenty four. Oh, I hope. Um, but we because I'm we think- need to work around her teaching schedule. And yes, stuff. of course. Yes, of course. But I'm thinking. Um, well, I'll do it anyway. But they might make a documentary about the project. Mm-hmm. And they're going to film it over a year. Uh-huh. So if it was uh, if it was autumn, then yeah. that'll be within that year. So yeah, okay. If if, or, if if that's okay, I'd love to absolutely. Or if it's springtime, then um, you'll be all done and dusted, and it'll be good to go, won't it? Definitely. Yes. Whatever. Whichever way. Yeah. I'd, I'd just like to it to be part of the documentary. It would be great. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and even if you don't have your film, Heather, it would be great. No, I'll film it anyway. That, that, I was yeah. just thinking, I'll film it anyway for, for use, you know. it yeah. would, But it would be nice if it was on a big national TV documentary. It would be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but yes, and, and you, can, you can come to the conference and tell everybody about your project. I'm so excited about that. That is just, that's made my weekend, Linda. <laughs> I, won't, I won't tell anybody else if you don't want me to, but I will. It's a bit late now, isn't it? She's just said on the podcast. Well, we've oh, just announced true. it, so. <laughs> what am I talking about? I, it shows this is a private podcast for just us three. <laughs> Um, oh no, my! You're, I'm you're, so excited. You're, you're an educational establishment as well, now, aren't you? Is it an academy that you, you've got? Boarding academy, yeah. Which yeah. is um, so that is um, and and Heather is aware of this. We've talked about this before, but I um have this ambition to create uh, an institute um in the UK so that we can make sure that people who choose to um, have a career in this industry, have the correct level of education and experience and all the rest of it. So um, the academy is kind of first step, hoarding academies on the uh, first step to get us in that direction. Mm. Um, and of course, I mean, I didn't know this until a couple of years ago, but to be able to use the word institute in your, in your organisation's title you have to seek approval from the Secretary of State. Oh, really? Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So... Um, so the Secretary of State in, in, in London? Or in Scotland. Yeah. Or in Scotland. Have we not got one here? Yes, we have. Right. Um, so, yes, it would depend whether, you know... Um, I don't even know who the Secretary of State is. A Scottish organisation or a UK-wide. Right, right. I suppose that'll depend on uh, <laughs> future politics, but let's not. I was just going to say, it depends on either who's way. In power. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Either way, we have to get um, we have to get permission from from important people, and mm. um, yeah, apparently I, I've done some investigation, and we're doing 
or have done all the right things to to achieve that status. Um, we just need to uh, create the organisation and then apply for a name change. I think is the way to go. Right. Oh, that'll be that'll be lovely too. That'll just be because I when I very first started, I wanted to call Clouds End the Clouds End Foundation because I uh -huh. quite like the name. Yeah. And and I like the foundation is like foundation stone, you know. Yeah. That's a, mm. And they went, no, you can't do that. Not unless you've got money. You have yeah. to have like a trust. Right. Yeah. You have to have a trust fund yeah. to be called a foundation. So it's still back yeah. of mind. If I win the lottery. Oh, I don't know. It sounds like yeah. some, I'm having, some a, I'm having a foundation all of my sounds own. Sounds like some kind of rave thing, like, I don't know, like <laughs> Ministry of Sound. The fun foundation. Clown, clown and <laughs> foundation. <laughs> Going to go and listen to some tunes at the clowns. I can't say it. Clowns end. The clowns end. The clowns end. Yeah. Suicidal <laughs> clowns. You, the the things that you learn when you're when you create a business that you just hadn't ever thought about. But um, and and in all honesty, when I set LifePod up, you know, almost ten years ago now, did I think that I would have a team of twelve today? Not no. a chance. Because um, it was just you, wasn't it? It, it, well it was just me for more than half yeah. of that so yeah. um uh, and there's still still so much to do and actually interestingly oh, you were saying earlier david how um you know kind of fortuitous it was that you found out that LifePod existed mm. um because you know we know all these numbers about you know, all these estimation of the number of people affected by hoarding. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, two to six percent or whatever. But there's only a, and that's very conservative, we know, but there's only a tiny percentage of those people ever receive help. I know, I know. And so, also, I don't know if you're finding this in Scotland, Linda, but do you think that post pandemic there's been an increase, certainly in self neglect? Um, on the way to hoarding behaviours because in Birmingham it's just like exploded. Mm. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I would say that the the number of people who you know self neglect or hoard has increased, but I think um, probably for people that do their their anxiety, of course, would have been heightened. Because it was a perfect storm and... for anxiety, wasn't mm. it? Absolutely. Yeah. So the I... people that I'm coming across, sorry, Deb, the people sorry, I'm coming yeah. across are um, people who had some support. So they yeah. had a support worker visiting or they had some sort of structure and then yeah. overnight it all disappeared. Mm. And, 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 and they sort of collapsed on top of that. And then it, yeah. it never really got back on track because... Even when things came back on, people. So one of the one of the um, charity groups that I was going to work with, so that I had some one to one workers, because I still don't have any. Yeah. Um, I was going to work with them with their one to one workers, and that COVID finished them off. Every yeah. like the workers never came back, and mm. and so I sort of I lost that, but they lost that, but so did all the people that they supported. Yeah. So, well, that's a shame. I don't know. 
uh, I mean, you know, clearly we only have a, a small number of, of clients, but um, we continue to provide telephone support um, to yeah. the clients that we could. Yeah. So, you know, the ones No, no, I did, I did manage that. Uh-huh. I, I managed telephone support. And because I had money, I could provide a skip if somebody wanted one. Yeah. And I could provide clearance if yeah. if if the client wanted it. Yeah. Which is obviously the only criteria for it because it was me talking to them, seeing what they yeah. want. And yeah. actually far more of that happened than I imagined. Yeah. So um so that was a saving grace in the sense that people got help. Yeah. Um, but at the beginning, it, then it became that that is used so that people usually so people can have carers come in. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No. It, so it didn't stop. But I, but one to one workers, I've still, I'm still struggling. I'm still. I struggling think it's, it's find it, the right it, people, as you there's, said. Uh, there's still a lot of recovery to happen. It's going to take a long time. Yeah. Before we get back to what is laughingly called normal, I don't. I don't think that we'll ever go back to a position where we were previously. It'll just be a. <laughs> a different version of it i mean with with the youth work for example you know that was hit quite hard and hasn't really recovered that much i don't think mm. um there's a lot of social things that are caring and have social interaction to yeah. Them, yeah um will take a long time and the the mental health of a lot of people will will struggle for for ages i think i know and it i mean the, the mental health situation is definitely getting worse. Mm. We know that for all age groups. Yeah. And I mean, it really worries me to think of, you know, how bad does the system have to get before something is done about it? I mean, our it's NHS a, a, is on its knees. It's a political football, though. Because every time they, the, you know, I, I can't remember who it was last that said that they were putting huge amounts of money into mental health. And then you have reports of how many teenagers are just essentially parked on medication because there's no psychologists. But there are psychologists because there are people trained to be psychologists. They're just not being taken to that next level because it costs money and you have to do the, um, the further study, really. Um, the, the amount of support works I've met that you go, what, what did you study? Oh, I studied psychology. I know, um, but, but, but there's, there's still not enough of them because, no, I mean, you no. look at the waiting list, mm. um, you know, you're about well, at least minimum 18 months. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, if you've got serious mental health issues, 18 months is a lifetime. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, and the other thing, sorry, back to psychologists and, and, you know, people studying, but there still isn't uh, a unit that studies hoarding behaviour. No, no, no. no, Anywhere, still. And that was one of the things that Paul Sarkovsky said he was trying to get established at oxford if people studied psychology at oxford he wanted there to be but as far yeah. as i know and i think i would have seen you know a big fanfare about it uh-huh. it yeah. still hasn't happened and I mean, I, i've seen a few psychologists now in in my time you know and got your favorites dave uh, no not really 
<laughs> but um, there was one that I said um, it would have been more useful to have a talking parrot in the corner of the room. Uh, and they certainly wouldn't have passed the Turing test to denote whether they were human or a robot or not. Uh, strangely enough, they stopped treating me. That was, that was quite odd. Uh, um, but a, there was a quote I read recently, and it was something I was trying to say for ages to psychologists was that it's all very well kind of dealing with the internals. I get it that it's a, it's a circuit breaker. You do your mindfulness. You do all this stuff. But a lot of the problems that people have are external problems. And the people you will have coming through the door will be suffering from stress, and the kind of conditions that they live under. And I know that that's not a psychologist's job, that's a political job to deal with. But telling somebody that they should uh, take deep breaths and imagine butterflies being released into the atmosphere is insulting and patronising. And I did find this, this kind of quote that said that psychologists just don't get to the point where there's a unit about those stressors. And that, and that they, they don't quite understand what, what people are going through. And it's going to get worse at the moment because of yeah. a variety of factors. It is getting worse, yeah. And Well, um, I think as well, it's very often psychologists study one specific therapy mm. at which they will try to use. They haven't got the flexibility that Linda was talking about to any excellent bring those in and at least try and find some someone who can help with those two uh, mm. you know it's not the psychologists will say it's not their job but also without some extra um help for those things as well then nobody they're, they're not going to be heard people just can't listen to them mm. i think maybe and, and it feels like certainly I, I hear from a lot of clients that, um, you know, when they're trying to get help from a psychologist or a psychiatrist, if, if they're not able to, if they don't fit easily into a box, you know, like say you, you couldn't say they're autistic or they have bipolar disorder or, you know, if you can't, just tick a box then it's really really difficult to get access to the right type of support mm. you know there, there just doesn't seem to be but the, the capability or flexibility to to deal with multiple but there's um, a multitude of tools there's a huge range of tools that, that can be used you know and, and um but they seem to go for cbt um, well yeah i was going to say that but but as a, a kind of like a, a plaster you know a, a, yeah. it's like mental health first aid and they then, don't have a hoarding it. disorder either no no, they no well don't. no because there is a mental health first aid course was that what, what you're talking about no i'm just oh, right no there's actually a it's like a, a movement of, yeah no an organization of, called mental health first aid of there yeah. not being a longer term look at it as we've said hoarding is a slow burn, mm. right? And and these the treatments. What they want is quick solutions, quick resolution to a problem because they don't want to spend huge amounts of money on it. But they, they they don't see it as being um, something that's worthwhile for some reason. And you know, I think, it's but I, I also with... think. 
Sorry. Sorry, Linda, carry on. No, no, I was just going to say that I think it's it's still, you know, hoarding is, is still in its infancy, really, when you compare it with other conditions, but, mm. um, and, and of course it's newly classified. But um, until people are educated and made more aware of the complexities of the condition, then, um, yeah, they, 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 they will people being able to access treatment is is non-existent um so you know actually well, that, i think it's that fear of, but not looking at not looking at it like that if, if somebody goes okay this is long term just accept it and then you will find a solution for it but if you keep fighting yeah. with it going no well we can cbt that's 12 week course that'll do yeah, mm. it's, yeah, it's just not, and that is in in the long term is a huge waste of money. So yeah. you, once you sort of like accept that it is long term and it needs to be long term, and if you look at it like that, you will find a solution that possibly costs the same as CBT, but it's just yeah. extended over a longer period, for example. Yeah. So, uh, but I think people are just fearful. Because they don't understand enough about it. They don't ask. And, and the other thing they will then do, which I'm sure, you know, is, is horrible words to your ears, is, well, it's a lifestyle choice. Uh, and that's it then. Yeah. That's the box that people get. And a lifestyle choice yeah. basically means you've chosen to be this way, therefore you don't deserve any help. Yeah. Which is awful. Yeah. And it still happens, despite the British Psychological Guidance um, Society's guidance, it still happens it now. I still hear it now. And it's and people tell me as though they're educating me about that. It's like, oh, thank you. Hmm. Yeah. And I this is where I think it kind of I'm going back here in my thoughts to um David's point about language that we use. And I think until we change the language that we use about this disorder um then we're not going to change people's minds and I feel Heather you know this I'm kind of banging the drum but um we have chosen to work in this field to help people with hoarding and I think then that we have a responsibility to um to campaign on behalf of of the people we work with and you know stop using the word hoarder for example which drives me crazy because that is that just reinforces and you know you'll get the people that say oh, oh I'm a wee bit of a hoarder like they say oh I'm a wee bit OCD and it's so insulting and it completely just undermines uh, the condition and the challenges that people I, have. I, I, I don't mind the word. In fact, I was going to uh, rewrite the shaman's song. So uh, I'm a hoarder, twisted stuff hoarder. Uh, but <laughs> maybe not now. Well, no, actually, this is why your lessons that you're learning mm. in your editing and music, yeah. there you go. Use it. Do your song. There should be a there should be a song. There should be a, well. There's now a, a few plays, as you you well know. There are. There's, there's, uh, there are. 
was the play in in the in the Bromwich area from uh, I forgot her name. What's her Janice. name, Heather? Janice. Janice. Janice mm. Who well, is there was, three, um, there was three in the festival this year. Three in the festival. Yeah, went to see one of them. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, really? Yes, one because one of them was at Plymouth, wasn't it? Um, whoever. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Bristol, Bristol, or Plymouth. Yeah, Plymouth. No, no Plymouth, Plymouth. You're right. Plymouth. Plymouth. Because, um, right. yeah. I know Joe Cook went to see it at Plymouth, yeah. and, uh, but she that that I can't remember her name now. The lady that wrote it, but she's yeah. doing something with Megan in Hoarding UK, um, and yeah, Joe went to see it. Yeah, it was very very good. It was excellent. Oh, it actually, good. it won an award, um, at, uh, one of the Fringe Awards this year. Oh, oh fantastic! Really I mean, I was, I was maybe quite... it would go on tour. Then. I was quite snobby about it because she was on about clothes mainly. And it's like, mm, that's, that's not proper hoarding. What you want is books, mate. You want books. <laughs> Did you heckle? No, no, of course not. No, but it, was, <laughs> it wasn't just clothes, David. It was it designer clothes. Yeah, it was designer. It was a lot of designer clothes at these kind of very um, knockdown prices that she was getting. Um, these boutiques, these um, bargain boutiques. Is that, would that make yeah. sense? But it is funny because yeah, David and I have had a conversation about this since how he David has in his mind that there's this this hierarchy of there is, hoarding a hierarchy in terms of, hoarding, of yeah. you know the items that you choose to hoard. Mm. <laughs> well, there's a lady that I know in in London, and she gets annoyed like that as well. She went, and she gets really annoyed when they talk about decluttering on Radio Four. Mm. She'll always text me and go, "They haven't got a clue." <laughs> I haven't got a clue. I don't. I just have no idea when you're on the cutting edge of hoarding like I am. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, They're it's just starting. Great. You just tickles it to death. Yeah. Look at them. Yeah. Coming around here, pretending you've got a problem when you haven't Amateurs. really got a problem at all. Amateurs. You want to see? You want to see a problem? Come around to my house. <laughs> it's actually getting a bit better because of um, person that Jane's working with at the moment. Uh, Excellent. It was, it was very good. I shall, I how do you, how do you feel her. about that, David? Are your possibilities sliding away, or are no, they still there? Right. And, and and on the odd occasion, of course, some of some of the things that are in the way are my things. So I've I've managed to let go of a a wee fit bike. Wow. And uh, and uh, a mixing desk, which went to a very good home. And and several bags of books, which was like fantastic. Why have I yeah. got this book about politics of China? I'm, I don't, I don't know why I've got that. What's that for? But that is that is I do I do follow my own medicine sometimes, and mm. so in, on Amazon I've got a wish list where I put books when I go. No, you really can't have that. Mm. Um, and then sometimes I'll go through them. It's, it, I, I go to the hairdressers about twice a year, just get my hair cut. And that's my little moment. If I have to wait, I sort of like I associate things and so then I get out the wish list while I'm waiting and go. And I just I do exactly what you do. It's like, thank God I didn't buy that. Why did I want that book? Oh, but I did <laughs> and, buy it. So <laughs> no, but I'm you see, I would have bought no. it, but I didn't. Uh, so no, yeah, I, I, maybe I, you I, should uh, do that. Yeah. But David, I think the the most important part of your all of those things that you just talked about that you'd let go, you did that by yourself. Yeah, that's it's very true, actually. Yeah, because it was just like I'd looked at the wee fit bike and I went, well, I haven't got the cable for it for a start because it's a specific cable that you need for it. So it's been there for ages. 
It's in the corner of the room. It's not doing anything. It's not. I'm never going to use it because there's no room to use it. So, you know, and so I went. Well, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's great. But yeah. before we before we wrap up then. Yes, Linda, we need to wrap up. Um, wrap up time. Would, you, um, would you mind just filling us in on contact details and reminders about the conference? Um, so contact details for me? Yes. Are, um, like so, websites and stuff. Yeah, so LifePod is life-pod.co.uk. My email is linda, L-I-N-D-A, at life-pod.co.uk. And um, conference, I can't give you a date. I can tell mm. you it's definitely going to be happening. Um, and it will either be autumn 23 or spring 24, um, hopefully the former. But as soon as we've got a firm date, we will let everybody know. Um, we'll put that on the website and we'll tweet it and Instagram it and mm. whatever the heck else we're supposed to do these days. Because mm. um, are you um, you're still at number one on Google? Because at one point in time, you were clashing with the, the classic space vampire film, which is really awful, actually, <laughs> called Life Pod, which has an appearance, a cameo appearance by Patrick Stewart in it. I, think. I can't remember who the rest are, but I know Patrick Stewart's in it. <laughs> are you still at number one then? Is that you are I now? honestly don't know the answer to that, but I will go and find go out. And have a look. You best. Oh, you yeah. could go and have a look, David. I could, but yeah. <laughs> right. But well, we're still number one anyway, just, you know, want to start. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> so I'm going to call it a night then. And, oh, well, it's a night here in the UK. Yeah. Um, so, Linda, thank you so much. Uh, honestly, this could have gone on for days. I, I think know, not so even hours. catch up with you. It's so nice. We must no, do it. It's, it's really wonderful. And you have honestly properly made my weekend. I'm really <laughs> excited about, about the conference. Really excited. That'll be, like, amazing. Great. So, you have a lovely weekend. Linda you and you too, David. Thank you very much. It's very kind. We'll see you for number 26. Yeah. See you soon.